for tuning in for another episode of the Chicks, Kicks, and Politics podcast, where we will dive into all things pop culture, sneaker-related, and political of the week. I hope everybody has had a great past week and they remained well-rested, everyone is healthy, everyone is staying safe. I can definitely say that I have been doing my best to do all of those things, and you know, I feel good today. The weather's nice. It's not too hot. It's not too cold. I really can't complain. So this week, we're just going to dive right in to the caca. Not going to waste any time because we have a lot to cover. Okay? So this week, Megan the Stallion came out and confirmed that Tory Lanez is in fact the person who shot her. I don't think anyone is surprised by this news. I think if you have seen any of the tabloids or you've kept up at all on social media with what's been going on with this, like right after it was discovered that she was shot, her producer came out and tweeted something to the effect of like, Tory Lanez, you're done, like on site, So, you know, I don't think anyone is shocked that Tory Lanez shot Megan Thee Stallion. It's unfortunate. And you know what's really sad? It's like, when Megan Thee Stallion came out, she didn't even come out. It was once it was discovered that Megan Thee Stallion was shot and Tory Lanez was arrested on uh, possession of a firearm, right? A lot of people, they were like, oh, Megan wasn't shot. You know, she probably did something to instigate the situation. Why would uh, someone just shoot her? She's doing this for clout. Y'all didn't believe her when she said nothing. And then she came on Instagram and she posted a picture of her bullet wounds. And y'all still didn't believe her. Y'all thought it was fake and maybe she was cut by glass or y'all thought she was milking the situation. After people dragged her for weeks, for the past month, it was like there was nobody publicly came out. Well, there were a couple of people who came out. It's like, you know, we should stand with her. We should support her. But for the most part, y'all didn't take this situation seriously. A lot of people were making memes and jokes about Megan Thee Stallion being shot. I feel like a lot of people don't take the pain and the plight of the black woman seriously, but that's a whole nother issue for a whole nother day. But the reality is, if this situation happened to another uh, cultural population, and it was like a mainstream white pop artist was shot by like another mainstream white male artist, like it would be front page news everywhere. The world would stop until this person was brought to justice. Something of the sorts would, it would just be handled entirely differently than how the Megan Thee Stallion situation has been handled. Of course, there's always going to be people to make jokes, but I feel like, you know, her pain and everything would have been taken a lot more seriously. And it's unfortunate that Megan Thee Stallion, the victim in the situation, has to not only defend herself, but also defend her injury while also trying to remain private because she doesn't want everything out there in the media and in the tabloids because we know that these these news uh sources if you're if we're talking about like shade room hollywood unlocked neighborhood talk like all of these kind of blog and gossip kind of pages they can sometimes deliver misinformation and i mean i don't blame her for not wanting everything to be all over social media but i feel like she had no choice but to come out and say and address yes this man did shoot me and she did this in an instagram live it was it was like the full live was wasn't that long 
But she came out and she was like, you know, since everyone wanted to know, yes, Tori shot me. She addressed the fact that some people are saying that she he he shot her in retaliation because she was hitting him. She said she didn't. She was upset, quote unquote, about him trying to get with Kylie. She said that wasn't the case. Um, I've seen several places where they're saying that. Some places are saying that at some point in time she and Tori and other places are saying that, you know, he was actually dating her friend. Megan addressed that there were four people in the car when that situation happened. He shot her for no reason. She was leaving the car and he shot her from inside the car. You know, I don't think under any circumstances would it ever be acceptable for a man to shoot a woman uh, and they're leaving a situation. But I find, I feel like a lot of people are trying to find a reason that Tory Lanez would shoot her when in reality, women get shot every day. Women get abused by men every day for no reason. Women get abused and shot and beat up simply for rejecting a man's advances. So why is it so difficult to believe that Tory Lanez would shoot Megan Thee Stallion for no reason? Why are people so pressed to hear some kind of like story and backstory and they oh I need to I need to hear everybody's story I need to hear everything what more do you need to hear it's clear Megan the Stallion was shot we see on video she's been shot and her feet are bleeding right not only did Megan the Stallion come out and say that she also came out and said a large part of the reason why she wanted to keep everything quiet and not make it on the internet in the first place is because she was trying to protect Tory Lanez. You know, she went on to say that even in the moment as the police were ordering them and the police were very aggressive in ordering them to get out of the car, of course she was scared because of the times that we're living in now, you know, police are shooting black people for no reason. And she felt like she couldn't tell them, yeah, there's a, there's a gun in the car because she was afraid that they would shoot and kill them. So it's like there are many factors coming into play. Like she was abused. It's crazy because she was abused and violated by this man. And yet she still had it in her after this man shot her to try and protect and defend this black man. I feel like black women do that all the time. You always have to know no matter how you've been wrong. It's like always the black woman's burden to like carry it on her shoulders and protect everybody else, even if the, that everybody else is hurting her. Or, and in this case, even if that person shot you moments before, it's still your responsibility to protect them. I don't think it should have been her responsibility, but that's just a burden that black women carry all of the time. And then to add insult to injury of that, she comes and she says that Tory Lanez, who hasn't spoken about this publicly, he has had his publicist and his team go around to blogs and different media outlets and try to sell fake stories about how, oh, Megan attacked him and oh, she didn't actually get shot. Her feet were just cut by glass and oh, um, in reality, it's because of uh, Kylie just selling fake stories to the media that are not believable. One, to me, to someone who has common sense, it's not believable. But I just think it's disgusting. Um, and I agree with Megan's sentiment about that. And I also agree with what she said, that she came out because she was tired of sparing him, because she spared him to begin with, and she regrets doing that. And I can definitely understand why she might feel that way, because she, 
was quiet uh, for the most part up until recently about the whole situation, didn't speak on it, didn't address it, but to find out that the person who you are protecting is going around and telling fake stories to the media about an injury that they gave you, I would be upset about that too, particularly because it is Tory Lanez. Tory Lanez, this whole quarantine, he's been doing quarantine, 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 radio, 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 radio. Quarantine radio has been dead silent since this event happened. This man has not posted on anything, has not said anything about anything. And it's so difficult to believe that he shot Megan. I don't understand it. And I don't understand the lack of outrage from like the hip hop community because Megan the Stallion is a is a is popping. Megan the Stallion is that girl right now. And she's been that girl for the past year. Last summer was Megan's. Like Megan the Stallion is what's hot in music, period. So I don't understand all these people who are coming at her, the victim, with hate while also undermining her statements, undermining her in- injuries, completely dismissing her feelings altogether in a combination of just not caping for this black woman the way that people pretend like they like to protect black women on on the internet. I just haven't seen it in this case. I really haven't. The memes, the jokes, the other celebrities making jokes, it's just been sad and inappropriate to see. And it's sad even that this woman had to get to this point to come out and say this because otherwise she may not have been believed. And people still don't believe her even though she said this. They still don't believe. They still want to hear the other side. They still don't think he was capable of it. To say that, there was some uh, unknown, irrelevant rapper. Let me find his name really quickly because I just saw this. This just happened. Unknown rapper, Atlanta rapper Cash Talk. He felt like he needed to add in his two cents about this whole Megan the Stallion Tory Lane situation. And he put on his Instagram story, Megan, six feet. Tory, 5-2. We don't know what the hell happened in that car. Y'all know females be tripping and shit. And all these cap-ass rappers picking aside like little bitches and shit. So he felt like his opinion was that great. He needed to share it with the public on a situation he wasn't there for. And then another rapper, Waka Flocka, he came out and he commented under the post, and put the three uh, or two of the 100 symbol, like 100, 100. You should already know if you are putting that symbol under something, it's gonna be seen as a cosign. And that's how it was taken. He put that under there, was seen as a cosign. Now, whether Megan saw his comment or not before she said what she said is up for debate. But upon this Atlanta unknown, irrelevant ass rapper saying this, Megan commented and said, He didn't make it past that ninth grade. I expect nothing less coming out of his mouth. So naturally, Waka Flocka, I guess he felt some kind of way. I don't know if he thought that comment was towards him or not. He decided to comment back and he said, um, I was talking about the shirt at Dro Life. Damn, y'all think of me like that, boo? And apparently Dro Life is like, I don't know, he's he's behind and maybe he's providing funding for this t-shirt company and the person, this unknown, irrelevant rapper Cash Talk was wearing that t-shirt in the post. Something stupid. I don't understand how, do you not read the room? 
Do you not see what you're doing? Whether or not you intended for your your 100-100 to be a cosign on this man's stupidity, it was. And so for that reason, you rightfully got dragged, Waka Flocka. And of course, your cape, your cape and wife, she always comes to save your day. Bless, uh, what's her name? Bless her heart, okay? Bless her. Because if there's one thing Waka Flocka's boo Tammy's gonna do, it's gonna cape for her man, whether she's loud or wrong or not. And that's exactly what she did. She felt so uh, bothered by what she deemed as Megan Thee Stallion coming for her man that she felt it was appropriate to post some whole message on Instagram about how she can't believe Megan is coming at her man when, you know, Waka is simply supporting his shirt company and, you know, he doesn't always say things the right way in the right time, but he's not a bad person and he always supported Waka. I mean, he already, he, Waka always supported Megan the Stallion, so she doesn't know why Megan is coming at her, da-da-da. And it's like... Okay, Tammy, first of all, uh, I don't think anyone reading Megan's comment thought she was talking about Waka Flocka, but they definitely read Waka's 100s and probably notated it as a cosign on the stupidity that this cash talk, whatever his name is, said. And secondly, if you know that your man doesn't always have uh, the proper way to articulate his thoughts, maybe you should let him know prior to posting something, he should post something that makes sense. Because to me, as an outsider looking in, if I see you comment 100, 100 under a post that is disrespectful to somebody, I'm gonna think, okay, you're agreeing with what they're saying. He didn't say 100, 100 and then tag his shark company, Dro Life. You know, he could have easily done that. If he came out and he said, oh, I was just supporting the shirt because this is my company. He could have said that from the jump. He could have said, oh, I appreciate you wearing my shirt. He could have commented that rather than comment 100-100. He could have tagged Dro Life and then 100-100. He could have said, I don't agree with the message, but you wear my shirt, I appreciate it. 100-100. But he didn't. He just put 100-100, leaving whatever conclusion to be drawn based on his blank misplaced and poor timing statement and I don't feel bad that people dragged him because there's a time and a place for everything even if you do support him wearing your shirt and you appreciate that you could dm him that you didn't need to comment that on the post but again it's social media social media is not that big of a deal but people make it a big deal because of stuff like this and then it turns into real life situations you know, so I, I I was very bothered by seeing all this Megan Thee Stallion slander on my timeline. I'm tired of it. I don't want to see it. She doesn't deserve it. Everybody needs to just come around and support Megan Thee Stallion. There have been a couple of rappers who came out and, you know, stood up and said that she should be supported. Like Bun B, he gave a whole slew, long message about how people should be doing more to support Megan Thee Stallion because, you know, she's a newer artist and she just recently lost her grandmother. Her father's gone. She recently lost her mom. Like, y'all should be supporting this girl, but you're not. And I, I commend him for doing that because I feel like it's great and more hip-hop legends and like more people in the hip-hop community just need to speak up and speak out about it because you have a situation where a man has harmed a woman and people are coming out now that she finally addressed it after people have been asking her to for a month now that she finally talked about it now people are saying oh she's a snitch da, da, da. but how can you snitch when you're the victim in a domestic assault is it snitching if you're if you're 
talking about the domestic abuse that you endured from somebody. And it's not like it's not known that Tory Lanez got arrested on the gun charge. So I don't understand how you can be a snitch in a situation where you were victimized. I just don't get it. It doesn't make sense. The internet is never going to make sense. The internet is a sick place. Social media is a sick place. That's why I deliberately took Shade Room off of of my timeline because I feel like when I see it and it's just like on my timeline and influx most of the time it's negativity it's nastiness I don't want to see that if I want to see it I'm going to search it up and go and look for a story or I'm going to find my information elsewhere so I urge all of y'all to do that as well don't solely be reliant upon the shade room and other uh, entertainment media outlets to get information about what's going on because they do give out misinformation and honestly it's, it's just a toxic swimming pool of like mess to be honest because if, if it's a company like the shade room they're definitely very messy and they don't mind participating in it as they post their stories so just watch out for that T.I., he also briefly commented on this, but honestly, we have to take T.I.'s opinion with a grain of salt, because he already showed numerous times over that he's misogynistic, and he has double standards for his children, so I really just take what he says with a grain of salt. Yes, he called it preposterous and said, you know, I, I don't think any man should be harming a black woman and all this other stuff that he tries to talk about but honestly you undermined your whole comment when you said I still feel like I need to hear both sides of the story what side of the story can Tory Lanez tell you T.I. that would ever make it acceptable or okay for him to shoot Megan Thee Stallion while she's walking away I'll wait okay no side okay that's what I thought just wanted to clarify that on from Megan Thee Stallion news uh let's see one, Jeffree Star, the famed beauty guru, social media mogul, I guess you would call him as well. Definitely a uh, beauty industry, um, whether you agree with what he does or not, legend. Um, he's been accused of being a racist. I, for one, feel like a weird spot for Jeffree Star because it's like, I... I can understand why people don't like him because of his comments and some of the ways that he that he moves. I definitely think he's entertaining, um, but I do feel like, you know, he did say that he would throw battery acid on Jackie Ina's face, and he's never apologized for that. So that's, like, very disturbing. But oh, we all know Jeffree Star has this, like, clouded past of being racist and saying disrespectful and horrible things. But, you know, recently he's been spotted, or I guess not even spotted, because he put this picture out himself of him sitting on a tatted black man's um, lap. And so people, you know, on social media, they will try to figure out, they'll figure out anything with, with in minutes. And they figured out the man that Jeffree Star is posing with, and I guess they don't even say dating. How can you even put the pressure on someone to date who you don't know? Like, at the end of the day, these are celebrities and we don't know their lives, but, you know, spend, excuse me, spending time with one another. And Jeffree starts now spending time with this overseas black basketball player named Andre Marhold. And you may be asking, why is this news? Why do we care who Jeffree Star is seeing? It's only really news because of the fact that apparently or according to this Andre guy's baby mama, she didn't know that he was interested in men. She didn't know that he had any desires to date men. And as a result, she pretty much had a big meltdown on social media within 
the past 24 to 48 hours posting all these long messages on her story about how she should have seen the signs and she should have known, but she ignored the red flags and what is she going to tell their son? He was just with them a week ago and now he's in demand and she doesn't understand it and she knows that's not who he is. It, honestly, I felt bad because some of the messages and some of what she was saying, it was screaming cries and pleas of help out of des of desperation. And I felt bad because I'm like, damn, it's sad to see people going down and out on social media like that where they're putting their own business on blast because they feel like this is the only way I can communicate with this person because for whatever reason they're not answering my calls or whatever. I feel like social media is not the place to display and put your mess into the public because honestly, we as the people, we don't care about what you're going through. For the most part, we don't. It's entertainment for some people, but our people who, we don't know y'all, we don't know him. It's not like you putting this on your story. We can tell this man, Andre, Andre, go home. Go be with your, go be with your baby mama and, and your son. You know, we don't know the reality of what it is, but how she presented it is as though, you know, they were together in some loving relationship and they were a family. He was just there last week and now he won't return her calls and he blocked her and all this other stuff. I don't know. A lot of people are saying that this man is just hanging around Jeffree Star for money or for the experience of his lifestyle and stuff like that. I guess time will tell, you know, but there's not a problem with people being gay or being bi or anything like that. I just think that transparency is important when you are dealing with a partner because I don't think under any circumstances is it okay for you to take away someone's autonomy. And what I mean by that is if this man, Andre Marhold, is in fact bi or maybe he's gay, whatever he is, you know, it, he would have the responsibility of communicating that with his partner, whether it be a woman at the moment or whoever else. I just feel like you should be transparent and honest and communicate with people, especially when there's a child involved. And I can see why she would be upset and hurt if, like, you literally just woke up one day and you saw your partner on the shade room and other media outlets hanging out with Jeffree Star boot up and you're like wait a second that's my man like I can understand why she'd be upset I hope she finds some some kind of solace and peace because reaching out on social media and sharing your woes with social media is not the way to heal girl get off of social media go play with your son and get a good therapist that's all I can suggest because crying out and putting these long messages of desperation on social media is not going to get your man to come home. It's just not. I'm sorry. But I wish you the best and your son the best. The son is adorable. Onward and upward. Master P and Monica have been, I wouldn't even say going back and forth. It's really been more so one-sided from Master P. Um, just, he's been very vocal about his disdain and mistrust of uh, Monica's what appears to him to be sudden calls for justice and the release of his brother C murder. So, you know, apparently C murder, he's been in prison for the past, I don't know, 10, 15, however long years on a murder that according to him and others, he did not commit. Um, I can't recall the exact details of the case, but I, I believe a teenager was murdered and there was a lot of fishiness going on with like the police department and like 
describing of the of the jury and all this other stuff that in other circumstances may have gotten the case dropped or a mistrial or something like that. This man, C. Murder, has been, you know, in prison. So, you know, he's been in prison for all of these years. And Monica recently came out uh, to, you know, bring her support to the public and call for his release. And I guess Master P, for whatever reason, felt slighted and um, uh, upset because C. Murda, somehow he has access to Instagram. I don't know how all of these people in prison have access to Instagram. Like, what is going on? But anyway, C. Murda, he was praising uh, Kim Kardashian and Monica as being his angels. And Master P took offense to that because he's like, you know, he doesn't know Monica, but he and his family have been holding his brother down and they've been visiting this person. And he also, I mean, it seemed like a lot of family drama that didn't need to get to the public eye, but it was there. And he did kind of come at Monica disrespectfully. Um, for me, I just feel like, okay, you feel like Monica is just now coming out and pretending to be like his quote unquote ride or die. And you feel like she hasn't been supportive of him through his entire, you know, prison sentence that he served us thus far. And your family's been the only one that's there for them, for him, even though he turned his back some way. And then he, you know, he chose his friends over his family and his friends turned their back. Like you gave us a whole dialogue about basically how family dynamics can be cantankerous and, and all over the place, which we already know. But for you to come out, Master P, and express any kind of discontent towards Monica, it's kind of like, what is the purpose for this? Because I get you saying that you and your family have stood by his side and you've been trying and using your resources all that you can to get him free. I get all of that and I can understand how it can be frustrating and hurtful, moreover, uh, for your loved one who is in prison, who has access to Instagram, to post on their Instagram about these other people who to you are just now popping into the picture, um, whether they've been there this whole time or not is not really important to the public, but to you, you, you feel slighted by that and I can understand you being hurt by that and coming out to the public. But... Well, I don't understand the coming out to the public part, but I understand you feeling hurt and annoyed by that. But I don't see, even though Kim Kardashian is who she is and she's done what she's done, I don't see why there would be anything other than gratitude expressed towards Monica for getting Kim Kardashian involved and asking for her resources and her friends and whoever Kim Kardashian has at her fingertips to assist and possibly getting this man see murder out of prison because if that's the end goal the end goal is to get him out of prison for a murder that you believe he didn't commit although his name is see murder allegedly he did not commit this murder right so one would think that you would be gracious and happy that more resources are being put into this effort and more people are being made aware of your brother's case and you know kim kardashian you could say whatever you want about her but she has illustrated thus far as it pertains to getting black people out of prison who who are innocent and who uh, may have been pushed aside to the back like 
it's just what is what it is and nobody cares about them and nothing's gonna happen like there's there you kim kardashian has shown that she's willing to go the extra mile to get people out of prison so i don't understand why if now she is you know being brought into the into the table it would be an issue i don't i guess master p had time to think about it he ended up coming back and not recanting his whole like it was a whole sit down video but he pretty much apologized to monica because he said that he didn't know her personally and he shouldn't have came at her disrespectfully and stuff and like all this family stuff did it uh there's a whole lot a whole lot of basically free c murder that's what they saying they want c murder to be free and monica is trying to use her famous friends to get him out of prison that's what it is master p was upset master p i love those uh chips master p you're a hustler baby don't you know I get that's your family. I get that, you know, you want some recognition for the efforts that you've given. But, you know, hey, social media is not the place to bring your business. I'm just here to tell you that. Because once you bring it to social media, everybody has an opinion about it. And if you have a podcast, then you're going to talk about it like I am. On a positive note, while we're talking about Monica, it has just been released that Monica and Brandy are going to be doing a versus battle this upcoming Monday, August 31st. I, for one, this is gonna be the versus battle of the century, okay? We are gonna finally put this to rest. I'm interested to see because I know it's gonna be a little bit of catty dynamic because in case you've been living under a rock for the past couple of years, you probably may not know this. Um, Brandy doesn't like Monica. Brandy, <laughs> Brandy does not like Monica at all. And she's made that very clear. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how everything plays out. Like, I can just think of, like, some momentous occasions of where, like, like it was, like, shortly after Whitney Houston died and then Brandy posted this message about how she was uh, the real, you know, Whitney was her, her godmother on screen and a real-life force in her life. And, you know, she did that because Monica posted something, like, paying homage to Whitney and talking about how Whitney liked her and right after here come Brandy. And I just think it's so funny that like both of them are great artists, they're great women. They have made timeless music that still stands today. You know, their collab was great. Individually, collectively, to me, Monica and Brandy can do no real wrong, right? Especially Monica. I love Monica. I love Brandy too, but I love Monica. I, and I, part of the reason why I love Monica is because, like, for the past however many years, there's been this, like, low-key feud that they always keep saying is not a feud. But really, we know we know it's a feud. We know it's shade. Okay? We know the tea. We know what's going on. And it's kind of like Brandy has had this disdain for Monica for this whole time. But it's been like she's been in a battle with herself. Because Monica, every time she tries to, Brandy tries to throw shots at Monica or shade. Monica doesn't even acknowledge what's going on. So then it looks like Brandy's just like arguing with the wall. It's funny. I don't know. I'm here to see it. I I, I don't think there's going to be a quote unquote winner of the versus battle because if we're going to keep it a stack, like Brandy has some timeless hits and so does Monica. But I feel like Monica has done a better job of like staying more relevant and mainstream and like transcending with the time and not that brandy is unable to do that but she just hasn't thus far and some it's like some of the ways that brandy you know tries to 
stay relevant music wise she'll never not be relevant but like stay relevant with the times is like she tries to match the sound that artists are putting out now and it doesn't read and come across as authentic so nonetheless i think it's going to be an interesting battle i find it extremely funny how like both of them have different versions of the uh, versus flyers where their face and their name comes before the other. Like on Monica's profile, it says Monica versus Brandy. And then it's Monica's face on the right, Brandy's face on the left. And then on Brandy's profile, it says Brandy versus Monica. And it's Brandy's face on the right, Monica's face on the left. That's, that is just funny to me. I know it's gonna be a good battle. Again, August 31st, this upcoming Monday. Tune in so you can see it. I'm not gonna miss it. I'm sure it's gonna be good. Diving next into the copper drop this week. This week's copper drop is gonna be the Sean Weatherspoon and Adidas Super Earth collaboration. And this collaboration is coming in efforts to draw attention to ending plastic waste. Um, a couple of details about the sneaker. It's being referred to as the Super Earth, and it's essentially the superstar, the classic superstar silhouette, reconstructed from the ground up. Um, there are a couple of considerable changes to the Super Earth that makes it really unique, um, including Weatherspoon's significantly loud and heavily expressive brand of design, which is like floral drawings on the side that are embroidered with threads to reference the Y3 superposition. And then uh, there's a special insignia of Super Earth. Um, there's petal accented peace signs and a tongue placed portrait of the Earth in the center, which I thought is really cool. Um, also, there is a 100% recycled polyester lining used on the inside of the sock liner and of the shoe and i think that's really cool it's like a really cool sneaker i myself can't see myself wearing it but it would be like a dope piece to have and i don't doubt that it's going to sell out because of sean weatherspoon and everything that he does and touches sells out just because of the hype so the shoe is retailing for 130 dollars you can buy it on the adidas app it's also being raffled on sns asphalt uh gold foot shop naked and it can also be purchased on end and 43 e and b so this shoe is coming out um let me confirm the date i believe it's coming out this friday is that the 28th or the 29th it's either coming out the 28th or the 29th um, and it's, I don't doubt that the shoe is going to sell out because it is going to be a limited release and it's, you know, Sean Weatherspoon, like it's going to, it, I don't doubt it's going to, it's going to sell out. Like that's just how it is. So it's releasing on the 29th, which is the Saturday. Like I said, it's a superstar silhouette. I personally won't be trying to get it, but I'm sure people will. And you know. It's a cute, it's a cute sneaker. Let me know on, on our Instagram page, Chicks Kicks Politics, if you will be copying or dropping this shoe. I personally will be dropping, but it definitely caught my attention. It's just not something I can see myself wearing. 
Diving right into soul history. This week, we're going to talk about a sneaker that I'm excited about because I'm actually expecting it in the mail today. I'm so happy. I feel so grateful that I was finally able to get my hand on a pair of these. And, you know, it's a very nostalgic shoe for me. That is the Reebok Question Mid. I'm excited. I'm happy. For those of you who don't know about this sneaker, this was actually Allen Iverson's first signature sneaker and it released in 1996 in both a mid and low top silhouette. Uh, it is by Reebok. Uh, they recently just released the 25th anniversary of the Reebok Question Mid, which is what I'm expecting in the mail today. It is a white, uh, predominantly white sneaker upper uh, with a classic red suede toe coverway. And when it was originally released in 1996, it was actually limited to 5,000 pairs, which I find to be interesting. I mean, if you think about sneakers today, like sneakers release in the in the thousands in the hundred thousands but can you think of how limited it is for there at the time in 1996 there were only 5000 of this color and sneaker released and that's the classic col colorway with the white upper red toe back then it, it it was a different kind of sway but like for it to only be 5000 that's mind blowing to me especially thinking about how sneakers move today um, it's been rumored that the design of the shoe was kind of based behind the Jordan 11 because Allen Iverson wore those a lot in his college years of playing at Georgetown um, but a fun fact is that like Allen Iverson, when they came to him with the Reebok partnership and they tried to sell him of being the partner of, of, you know, coming into this partnership and they wanted to give him a signature shoe, one of his main concerns was that it would be a stylish shoe because if you know anything about Allen Iverson, he felt like if you look good, you play good. So that was like the biggest draw is that he wanted it to be a good looking shoe. And um, he signed a lifelong contract with Reebok, which means even the shoes that sell today, like there's been so many re-releases and they've retro the sneaker in so many ways, so many different colorways. He's getting a percentage of that and he signed a lifelong deal with a Reebok. Like that's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Allen Iverson, obviously he changed the game of basketball altogether. And most notably, one of his like most remembered plays in his signature shoe is when he crossed Michael Jordan wearing the question, which is the shoe that I just ordered. He crossed him up on court. Actually, he crossed him twice because he didn't even believe that he crossed him the first time. And he's wearing the Reebok question mids. That video is out there if you want to see it. It's a pretty cool, it's a pretty cool look. Um, when the shoe initially dropped, it was at a retail point of $100 a pair. So, you know, the, the shoe that I just picked up, it's 140 So it's pretty close, you know. It's not like with you know, other sneakers, the prices have inflated so much. But um, some other iconic, notable things about the sneaker is that... Um, he, Allen Iverson, would come to the design team and want different colors for different events, different, he, he was just always trying to be a part of the process in getting a shoe that would go with what he was wearing and, um, you know, was, was reflective of his street style, 
Um, and something interesting that I found online is that he actually was supposed to wear a special yellow colorway of the question that was designed for the 2000 NBA All-Star Game, but he decided against wearing it because everybody was making fun of him because his shoes did not match his jersey. And like, you have to think about this back then. Like nowadays, basketball NBA players, they wear all kinds of different color shoes, although there are some restrictions. Like back then in the 90s, like there was mad, mad 90s, early 2000s, like, you could not really do anything to show individuality, really. So he was getting played because the shoes are like predominantly yellow and blue, and they were supposed to symbolize the home team of the basketball uh, stadium where they were playing the All-Star game, and that was the Golden State Warriors. But he didn't want to wear the shoe because he felt like it didn't match his outfit. And could you imagine like, People, you you were gonna get paid 70 grand to wear this shoe. They're pushing you to wear this shoe. You're like, okay, I'm gonna wear it, like da da da. And then right up until the point of the game, you're like, actually, I'm not gonna wear the shoe because it doesn't go with my outfit. Like, I can only imagine how the Reebok reps felt, but it's still cool that, you know, he had the option to do that. And I definitely think that's reflective of who AI is as a person. He's always gonna stick to himself. He's always gonna be himself. And he is a player that changed the game of basketball for players today. So all of the praise that he gets is well-deserved. Honestly, he deserves more praise because Allen Iverson is that guy. Like in my age, when I was growing up, I didn't, I mean, it was like Kobe, and AI. Those were my male basketball heroes. I was like, I loved Allen Iverson so much. I used to wear a shooting, a shooting string. Uh, what's it called? I used to wear a shooting sleeve when I would play. I used to try to get them uh, finger shooting sleeves. I used to cut all my shirts up. Like, I loved AI so much. I wish I kept my jerseys because I had a lot of jerseys when I was a kid. I don't know where the hell they are now. That was a stupid idea for me to throw them away. But I, when I saw this shoe and I knew it was coming back, I was just like, I gotta get it because I, I don't know where my old pair are. And it's just a classic shoe. It's a classic silhouette. It's a classic colorway, the white with the red suede. And it was the 25th anniversary. So those will be up on the Chicks Kicks Politics Podcast official Instagram. It will be there today. As soon as I get the sneaker, I'm excited about it. Moving from a less exciting topic onto someone who never leaves us in shock. Let's move into the Trump tweets, shall we? This week's Trump tweet is from, of course, no other than Orangey. And I picked this tweet because I love how Twitter has decided to start fact-checking Orangey's tweets. And I know it gets under his skin so much. So whenever I see tweets that have the like, this is a fake, like false tweet, it's just so funny to me. So anyway, Donald Trump said, so now the Democrats are using mail drop boxes, which are a voter security disaster. Among other things, they make it possible for a person to vote multiple times. Also, who controls them? Are they placed in Republican or Democrat areas? They are not COVID sanitized, a big fraud. <laughs> and then, so he tweeted this, and then, you know, Twitter does this fact checking where right above his tweet, 
It says this tweet violated the Twitter rules about civic and election integrity. However, Twitter has determined that it may be in the public's interest for the tweet to remain accessible. I just think it's so funny how now like Donald Trump's tweets are so outlandish and they're so crazy that of course Twitter can't keep Donald Trump off of Twitter. I would love if somebody in the in the Twitter organization just like happened to delete his account one day. That would be that would honestly be a, a treasure. You would become a an American jewel. You know, I would love if that happened. Of course, it's not going to happen, unfortunately. But um, you know, I think the tweet speaks for itself and its stupidity. Um, what the government is trying to do to the U.S. Postal Service right now, that honestly is a whole nother episode in itself, and it affects so many people. Um, it's horrible. It's disgusting. But honestly, nothing that Orangey does at this point will ever surprise me. And so him spoon feeding false information via his Twitter to uh, meet his own political agenda is not surprising, but it is entertaining. So that's this week's Trump tweet. And we're going to dive right in to our social justice topic right now. I'm actually going to talk about two things, both of which are equally important. This, okay? Three trans women were assaulted this past week in Los Angeles. It's horrible. It's disgusting. Um, if you haven't seen the video, you guys know I'm not one for like sharing videos of people being brutalized. I'm never going to do that. I think it's horrible and it's disgusting. Um, I didn't even know what I was watching when I stumbled upon this video on Instagram. At first, it took me a second. It took a second for it to click that like, yo, these are three trans women like being harassed and abused and a hate crime is being committed against them. It took me a second for it to click like, what am I actually watching? Um, so basically three young trans women were assaulted on Hollywood Boulevard in Los Angeles. Uh, their names are Jocelyn Allen, Jasmine Buzanet, and Eden Estrada. And Eden Estrada is actually known as Eden the Doll on YouTube. So I think the fact that this happened to a public figure, I'm not saying that um, it makes it like bigger, but it definitely brings more attention to something that is happening all over the U.S. at astronomical rates. Um, and although none of these trans women um, were, I guess, seriously injured, it's definitely still important to talk about and shed light on because attacks on trans women are disgusting and it's rooted in self-hatred. Um, it's rooted in ignorance. And it's disheartening that this hate crime was captured on video and the DA recently decided to temporarily reject the case due to a quote unquote lack of evidence, which I find to be unacceptable because like I said, there is a full clear video of these women just simply minding their business before they are assaulted by a group of roughly about six men. But there's really one to two men who seem to be like the main instigators in the situation. They robbed them by taking their phone and then taking their purses, smashing it, taunting them with hateful slurs. 
<clears throat> one woman, uh, Joycelyn Allen, is quoted saying, he literally grabs my hand and pulls me. And he's like, we're going to find your friends because I'm going to beat y'all up. But she happened to run away and get away from him. But it was like a group of like six men. And, you know, one of them was hit over the head with a bottle, which knocked her to the ground. They were continually verbally and physically assaulted. And I can only imagine the fear that they felt because, you know, it is so difficult for trans women already to just be, to just exist, to just be who they are. And, you know, there's su there's such difficulty for people who are of the trans experience to just find happiness and, and live live without the interruption of the outside world, adding extra unnecessary hate and disgusting behavior towards them. Nobody deserves the treatment that these women received um, from what we can see on camera. And what we saw is just on camera. In fact, there's a point in the video where one of the women is so disturbed and so upset because the group is like chasing them throughout the street and assaulting them, beating them. She's so afraid of what's going on that she literally gives her purse to one of the guys and it's like, here, don't, like, just take it. Don't hurt me because she's afraid that they're gonna hurt her. One of them was even recovering from a hip surgery and she fell hard in the ground, you know? So I just think that it's, at, at what point are people going to grow up? You know, and I'm gonna call out this group of black men because it was black men, predominantly black men who were doing this. What you did to these women is absolutely disgusting and it's unacceptable. There's, there will never be an excuse for transphobia the same way there will never be an excuse for racism, for homophobia, for xenophobia. I don't really care. At this point, it's 2020, you need to grow up. The age and the time of doing things for like laughs on social media and being rude to people and being disgusting and treating people horribly just to get a laugh out of social media is wrong. Um, and at this point, it's clear to me, honestly, from watching the video, from watching the video, I really feel like, what, don't you have something better to do? Like what person who is secure in themselves is just gonna start harassing and bullying and, and assaulting three trans women who are minding their business? A large source, then this is just my opinion, a large source of some men's disdain and dissatisfaction and like disgust uh, and transphobia against the trans community comes from the fact that they find themselves trans attracted and they are unable to accept that. And so they lash out by being abusive, aggressive. And this kind of stuff is like the melting pot for uh, murderous actions to occur. And the fact that this attack on these three women was caught on film on camera, not just by these women, but also by the people who were assaulting them. Because these people who were assaulting them and filmed their assault and their group attack on these women, they posted this on live. Which lets me know that they felt like it was a joking and it's like a funny ha ha he he moment, like a joking matter. But what they did was disgusting. So we have the names and the Instagrams of some of these people. Let's see, Carlton Calloway, which to my understanding, he's the main one who was leading the attack and he also was arrested. It's my belief that he was arrested for assault. Um, he robbed them. And really you could, you could stretch it as far as to say attempted to kill. 
Um, and that's Carlton Calloway. Another person, Davion Williams, who also took a phone and a purse. And he also threw a scooter at these women. Like, you know how people are able to rent scooters on the street? I don't know if you live in a major city. I live like in the DMV. So there's scooters all around where you can just rent them. One of them threw a scooter at them. And then another person, Steven Hurtado, filmed and instigated everything and then posted it on Instagram. Let me give you guys their Instagram so that you can go and tell them what pieces of shit they are. Let's see. Carlton Calloway, his Instagram is KC, why not? Davion Williams, his Instagram is Yo Davion. That's spelled Y-O-O-D-A-V-I-O-N. Lastly, Steven Hurtado, his Instagram is at Stevo Films. That's S-T-E-V-O-F-I-L-M-Z. Feel free to go and let them know what horrible people they are. If their accounts are still even active, I doubt that they would be. Nowadays in, in social media, like if you do some stuff that's foul, like most people just um, in disactive, what's it called? Most people, when you do foul things, just um, disactivate their social media so that they don't get anything and then they'll come back when it's done. But I find it to be extremely upsetting. It was like disturbing footage to watch. Um, but what I find to be more upsetting is that the DA has temporarily decided to reject the case and they're claiming it's because of lack of evidence. Like what more evidence do you need? It's, there's literally video footage and part of it is from the defendants. Like what more do you need? It just, it's sad. It speaks to, um, the societal care or not, I guess society not caring about our trans um, brothers and sisters. And for me, I think it's interesting because none of these are black women, although they may be trans women of color. It's, it's I, ex I would expect for no charges to be brought if it was like a trans black woman. But the fact that these are trans women of color and it's in LA, which like LA, when you think about it, it's supposed to be like a more accepting, you know, community because it's like a big city. So like there's people of all walks of life there. And the fact that even in LA, these trans women are not able to find solace and peace and justice for a crime, a hate crime that was committed against them. It's like disturbing. It's like, what more do you need? If you cannot be safe, trans and safe in LA, like, and this is a big city. Can you imagine like how trans women are treated and they're like in small cities or like in the middle of America and in places where, you know, people <laughs> like in, in anywhere, like if you can't be safe anywhere, where can you be safe? You can't be safe on the street, just walking, minding your business and not fear getting assaulted by a group of people. Like the assault that happened to them would be traumatizing for any anyone, any marginalized group. And it's just disgusting. Honestly, it's disgusting to see that kind of behavior like at all. But then to see it posted by the group as though it's like a joke and trans people are just like not worthy of respect or dignity. And it's just a game like it's not a game. These are people's lives. And whether you agree with 
them or not, whether you agree with their lifestyle or whether you agree with the fact that they're trans, like that doesn't give you the right to put your hands on people. It's horrible. It's disgusting. Um, until, honestly, until black trans people are being treated with equality and respect, nobody in our society will be free. That's at its core. You know, until black trans people are treated with dignity, respect, can get justice, n nobody in our society will be considered free because equality does not only occur, it shouldn't only occur for a small group of us. Everyone should be able to feel this, but in terms of just like trans women in general, trans women deserve respect. Trans women deserve uh, to be feeling safe in an environment. And just like, I mean, the news just broke that the DA is going to basically drop the charges. The fact that this is happening, I feel so bad for these women. And I think it's disgusting. There's no excuse for the behavior. Every person involved should be prosecuted to the fullest extent with a hate crime. Whether you filmed it, whether you were just one of the guys who didn't play a big part, let's say you were just there and you didn't, you know, you didn't stop it, but you know, you didn't throw anything at the women or you didn't smash their phone or you didn't grab their purse. You're still just as guilty because you were there with these people who, uh, who did this egregious, disgusting act. And it's horrible. Nobody deserves the treatment that these women received. And I feel horrible that these women are not going to be able to get justice anytime soon because the charges are being dropped. That's one thing, you know, protect our trans women. All black lives matter. That's that's just that. That's one thing. Right. And now we'll step into the second thing. <sighs> I wish there was a time when we could really say Black Lives Matter and it be met with understanding. Unfortunately, we are not at that time. We are not at that place. It's been brought to, uh, unless you've been living under a rock, it's probably been brought to your attention that there has been yet again another killing of an unarmed Black man by the police. Uh, this time, the young man's name is Jacob Blake and he is a 29-year-old man from Wisconsin. And um, what happened is, or there, a lot of the details are still coming out because this did happen a couple of nights ago, but there is video footage. Um, let me start from the beginning. So basically what happened, what the story is that this Mr. Blake was uh, barbecuing with his children, his three children, right? And he was attempting to break up a fight between two women. Now, I've heard from some sources it was two white women. I've also heard it was two black women, uh, but more I've more so heard that it was two white women. Um, I guess the race of the women doesn't matter, but it does kind of matter because that would explain maybe why the police felt the need to attack Mr. Blake. Um, so I guess those, those details of the women's race don't matter, but they do matter at the same time. So, you know, he was barbecuing, a fight ensued between two women. Mr. Blake called the police um, and also attempted to break up the fight. At some, I don't know what happened when the police got there. I, it was my assumption that he likely felt relieved that the p police were there because he called them to break up the fight. And so he put his children back into the car 
Um, and for whatever reason, the police at some point um, had Mr. Blake on the ground like he was a suspect and tried to handcuff him, I saw from one video, one source. But what you can clearly see and what cannot be disputed is that at some point in time during their interrogation of him or whatever, he gets up from the sidewalk, walks around to the driver's side of his car, opens the door in his car, and reaches into his car as though he's going to sit in his car. While he's doing that, an officer has his gun pointed on him. Other officers approach with their guns drawn on him, and they shoot this man in the back at least seven times. That is what is clear as day and cannot be disputed. The man is seen walking from one side of the car to the other, opens up the car door, he's shot in the back seven times in front of his three children who are all in the car. So these are the facts that can't be disputed. Jacob Black was shot by the police at least seven times in the back. He was unarmed. <clears throat> How somebody who called the police and was intervening, trying to break up in a fight, ends up shot by the police in the back seven to eight times. I don't, I don't know. I don't understand. Um, fortunately, you know, the, he survived his injuries thus far. He is in critical condition, but it has just come out that he is paralyzed from the waist down. Um, the doctors do not know if this is permanent, but the fact that this is even Jacob Blake's reality uh, from calling the police on a fight between two women and trying to intervene in that is completely unacceptable. I've seen online people saying, well, he should have just complied and what did he expect if he reached into the car? Why was he resisting arrest? Why? I feel like people should understand this basic topic, right? Even if, let's play your devil's advocate stupid game. Let's pretend that Jacob Blake was a suspect. And let's pretend that Jacob Blake also resisted arrest. Even if all of this occurred, does him being shot in the back seven to eight times, is that still justified? I don't think so. I don't think there's ever a reasoning. Let's, let's say he was resisting arrest, right? And let's say he was doing that. Is the justifiable consequence for resisting arrest death? Let's say he was resisting arrest from these officers, or let's say he was not obeying their commands. Is the crime for those actions death? Should it be death from being shot seven, eight times in the back? Is that the justifiable like recourse and, and chain of action that should happen? I don't understand how Mr. Blake was able to de-escalate the situation with the fight between two women better than the police who are supposed to be trained in de-escalation are, are, are able to do with him to the point where at somehow and whatever's going on, this man is shot in the back seven to eight times. There's no excuse for it. It's horrible. And for that to happen in front of his children is beyond disgusting. I think we all know at this point that actions like this, someone being shot in the back seven to eight times, it would never happen to a white man or a white woman. It would not, it would not happen. It just wouldn't. And I'm not gonna pretend like it would. I'm not gonna let's play some hypotheticals, kumbaya bullshit about how like race had nothing to do with it. Race has everything to do with it in these situations. When we see our brothers 
getting shot in the back seven, eight times, race has everything to do with it, right? Everything to do with it. Black people are never given the benefit of the doubt. We're always assumed to be negligent, aggressive, disrespectful, any negative connotation that you can associate with the word black, black people will always be assumed to be that by the police. It's unfortunate, but that's the reality. And it's been proven even now in the middle of these protests that have been occurring across the country. Because I want y'all to remember and know, just because it's not being televised, these protests haven't stopped. Protests have continued. You know, all of this is continued. Matter of fact, this Friday, August 28th, it's going to be the March on Washington. I encourage you, if you're in the DMV area, to come out and participate with us. It's definitely going to be a great event, um, and it's going to be a great opportunity for you to be involved in your community. So if you're in the DMV area, I urge you to come out and participate. But apart from that, <clears throat> it's disturbing that this action has occurred um, it's upsetting that it's on videotape. I wish, I didn't even know what I was watching at the time that I watched it. And I wish I didn't watch it because like I always say, it's not natural and it's not normal to see your black brothers and sisters shot down in the street like a dog. It's not normal. Not even a dog would get that treatment. They wouldn't even shoot or kill an animal like that. But here we are. Breonna Taylor's murderers still haven't been arrested. She still hasn't gotten justice. I don't doubt that the officers involved in this situation will not be reprimanded. I don't doubt, unfortunately, that they that Jacob Blake may not receive justice. I mean, his family has already gotten the attorney, Ben Crump, so he's representing them. And he has articulated to the public and the media that they do intend to sue and, and take out a civil lawsuit which I don't doubt because now you have a man whose whole life is going to be changed. Granted, yes, he's fighting for his life right now in critical, but you have a man who sustained substantial injuries and no doubt will need physical therapy. He may need more surgeries. His whole standard of life is gonna change all because of the decisions of officers who were trigger happy and shot this unarmed man seven to eight times in the back. It's crazy. But people don't understand. They still don't get. They still don't understand why we say Black Lives Matter. They still try to discount our statements and our progress that we're trying to make with, with horrible hypotheticals that would never, ever happen. It's, it's inexcusable. What happened to Jacob Blake is inexcusable. There's, there's, there's no justification for this that would make everything okay. And what's worse is there, of course, this shooting has elicited even more protests than what was already going on. They're protesting in his community. But I just saw that a, a man, a white man, fatally shot two protesters in Wisconsin and walked right past the police unarmed, untouched, not unarmed, but untouched, walked past the police untouched, although he had a firearm on him. And he had just fatally shot two protesters. Yes, before you ask yourself, yes, you don't need to even ask. This man was white. So the fact that all of this discourse is going on, on top of the coronavirus stuff that's going on, on top of Orangey about to just ruin the postal system, everything is going on. It's been horrible. 
It has been a mess. 2020 has been some foul shit. I'm here to say it. Ever since Kobe died, which by the way, RIP Kobe, happy birthday Kobe. He would have turned 20, uh, 42 this past week. But honestly, I feel like since Kobe's accident, since Kobe died, the entire year has fallen into shambles. I mean, from Corona to the the murders, everything. I feel like this is just so disheartening. It's never gonna stop. 2020 is a mess. I'm tired of shit. I'm tired of the officers killing unarmed black people. I'm, I'm frustrated that the protests have to continually go on and we're being met with ignorance, willful ignorance from people who, for whatever reason, don't feel like Black Lives Matter and don't agree with the movement, although it's not a difficult movement to understand because of situations like what just happened to Jacob Blake. It's upsetting. It's horrible. It's terrible. Americans have got to do better. Our government has got to show up for its people. The fact that the government has just decided, oh, we're not going to deal with this until after Labor Day. And they have not given out a second stimulus on top of everything that's going on. It's disgusting. It's disturbing. It's upsetting. It's shameful. You know, it's a lot. I wish I was leaving with a better message than what I have, but I urge everybody to just try to stay safe. Just do what you can to stay, to stay safe. Because especially if you're a black man or woman, because America is showing signs that is shown previously, but I've, I'm seeing them more than ever, that they don't value you, they don't value your lives. America does not love us. Society does not love us. Your government does not love us. We have to love one another. And we really have to uplift ourselves. That's what I'm seeing. We can't depend on the police. If we can't, what can we depend on the police for? Who can you call in a time of need if not the police? I don't know. It's upsetting. It's disturbing. There are many of other resources that maybe if, if in your area they're good, you can call. But I just can't think of what could Jacob Blake have done differently to avoid the treatment that he received. I don't know. Because you call the police in an effort to get help to break up a fight and you end up shot in the back seven, eight times. I don't know what could be done differently. I don't know what change and chain of action needs to be done so that this kind of stuff never happens. Um, I hope for Jacob Blake's sake that he pulls through. And, you know, I pray, I'm gonna pray for this man because the doctors are saying it would take a miracle for him to be able to walk again. And I'm gonna pray that miracle happens because what happened to Jacob Blake should not have happened. But um, as we move into the next week, like I said, I encourage everyone to stay safe. I encourage everyone to stay well rested and also to read. Um, man, it's a crazy time we're living in right now. It really is a crazy time if you think about it. Like with Corona and the protests and the murders, it's just, there's a whole lot, a whole lot of, but all that we can do is try to stay safe and 
elevate yourself in the way that you can. I don't know. I'm going to leave it at that because I really don't have too much else to say. What happened is just a combination of this attack on these three trans women and the shooting of uh, uh, Jacob Blake. It's just really disruptive to my spirit. It's horrible. Horrible. Two egregious actions caught on tape that should never happen. It's a lot, but uh, I encourage you all. Head over to the Chicks, Kicks, and Politics Instagram. That is Chicks, Kicks, Politics. All one word. Head over to the Instagram to see this week's Copper Drop. Also head over to see my latest sneaker pickup. And um, I don't know. I'll be back with you guys soon. Okay? Stay safe. Protect yourselves. Bye.